0: Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness.
1: It's easier said than done for some guys. You know, obviously it's a young team. It's, it's easier to tell a guy, you know, just, just relax and play football. You've been doing it your whole life. But, um, you know, when the bright lights are on and, you know, 70,000 people in the stands, it's a little, bit, a little bit tougher to just kind of simplify. We want it to happen right now, you know, and we are working on making it happen right now. Uh, it just hasn't happened as fast as we want it to. But in our mind, there's no doubt that if we keep
0: working, that we could do that. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q.
1: And here we go, Raider Nation, back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. My man, DeMond Cotton, your boy Q. We're here with you for the next three hours, coming off the heels of the JT The Brick Show, where you heard from head coach Joshua Daniels. Big time right there. It was a good interview uh, from JT. Not that I ever had any doubt, but it's always good to hear from the head coach, especially when there's an opportunity to hear a little one-on-one action, JT and Coach McDaniels. If you missed that, make sure you check out lvsportsnetwork.com. Have a lot to get to on today's show, and it's so funny, Demond. I was excited. I'm always excited about the show. You know that. I'm excited to be back in the, the home studio. I feel like I've been away all week. Oh, wait. I have. I'll be out tomorrow. I'll be at Buffalo Wild Wings, and we'll give you the location later on the show, but I was so excited because we have a a loaded show today, right? We're so locked and loaded with so many guests. And then I found out, I got the email saying, we're going to have Iron Mike Tyson on the show. But Iron Mike Tyson was going to join the show at 2.45. And you heard me say, was going to join the show at 2.45. So all of a sudden I started scrambling. I'm like, oh man, I got to move this around. I got to move that around. Okay, we got to do this, that, and the other. So I went through all these hoops Jumped through all these little circles and it was like, "Okay, we're good." Demon, Iron Mike's on the show, and as soon as I had it all sealed and all good to go, and just gave you the information, all of a sudden you heard in the office, "Oh man!" <laughs> asked what happened. Yeah, and Demon asked what happened. I said, "Iron Mike can't join us till next week." So I got I got super high, super excited, and I guess "high" is a funny word since you know part of the reason we were going to have him is because <laughs> of the the Cannabis Convention going on this week here in town. But I was super fired up, excited, get to talk to Iron Mike Tyson. I'm already in my mind, and this is how my mind works. In my mind, I'm thinking about who I'm emailing the interview to after we're done with it. Like, that's how my mind thinks. I'm thinking, man, my dad's going to love to hear from Iron Mike. I'm going to send it to my mom. I'm going to send it to this person, that person. Man, they're going to trip out hearing Mike Tyson. And then before it's all said and done, Mike Tyson gets moved to next week. So we're supposed to, we're scheduled to have – we're lined up to, I've been told, right, every every phrase that you can think of, that Iron Mike Tyson will be on the show next week. So we'll see. That's Thanksgiving week. We know that. So there's going to be days that we won't be here. Thursday, obviously. Friday, we will be here. But, uh, Black Friday, we'll be here. But still, we'll see. I'm not counting on it to be a, a, a go, but it's been said that it's a go.
2: You got your hopes up. Me too. You said Mike Tyson. <laughs> I asked, which Mike Tyson? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you never exactly. know. It could be, oh, Mike Tyson that covers Indy. It was like, okay, so we got Mike Tyson. And then when you said, oh, he canceled, I said to myself, first The Rock, now this.
1: <laughs> Man, ain't, ain't going to get to talk to nobody. Can't talk to nobody. And it, Yeah, that's the first thing that said. I said, hey, we got uh, Mike Tyson at 245. Mike Tyson who? It's like, are you serious? You never know, man. I do. I do. I do know. I do know. I mean, if I say Mike Tyson, there's only one person you think of. You don't think of Mike Tyson that may live down the block from you. You think of Mike Tyson.
2: Guys, everybody who's been listening to this show, earlier this week, if you remember, Cuban was talking about Jeff Howe, how he knows two Jeff Howe. Maybe he knows Jeff two Mike Tyson. Jeff Howe and
1: Mike Tyson are two totally <laughs> different names. They're not even close. Jeff
2: Howe's not a common name. Mike Tyson could be anybody. Mike Tyson is a champion, <laughs> a former
1: champion. It's different. I didn't want to get my hopes up. Man. Now, if I said, hey, we got John Smith on the show, you could ask what, what John Smith? You know, you could even say Larry Brown. If if I ask you, you know, hey, Larry Brown's Oh, what well, Larry Brown. But not Mike Tyson. There's only one Mike Tyson. Even the even people that name Mike Tyson that aren't Mike Tyson, they don't even count. It's only one Mike Tyson. So when you ask me what Mike Tyson, I just gave you the look of death. Like, are you kidding me? I'm going back home. I'm gonna do the show from the <laughs> from the house. <laughs> so I say all that to tell you we had Mike Tyson coming up at two forty five. We do not today. He's supposed to join the show next week. So we'll see if that happens. But that doesn't matter because I am excited about the show that we have lined up for you. Danielle McCartan, WFAN in New York. She's going to join the show. We've been talking about her a lot, and we're not talking about her in a bad way. She joined us in the summertime after Patrick Graham got hired. Patrick Graham was the defensive coordinator for the Giants. We've talked a lot of defense around here on the show, and I really like to—I'm a defensive guy. Like, I love to see offense score. I love to see running backs run downhill. I mean, all that good stuff. But I love to see defense make plays, right? And so we had Danielle on the show when Patrick Graham was hired, and we got her thoughts on on him as a defensive coordinator and what he does really well and what he might not do really well. And we had other people. We had Patricia Trainer who covers the Giants as well. She's from Sports Illustrated. And she had some pretty glowing remarks about about, uh, Patrick Graham. And then when we had Danielle on, she was like, yeah, but – and so she wasn't really 100% sold. Well, here you go. The Raiders are 2-7 and seven going into Week 11. They got the Denver Broncos up next. And so I have some questions about the defense. You know, some of the holes that we're seeing in defense right now, the middle of the field, uh, the lack of pressure, the lack of turnovers, you know, just look like they don't know where they're, what, what they're doing all the time. We're going to talk to Danielle about and see if that is some of the issues that she had with the Patrick Graham-led defense in, in, in New York. So I know I had a few, few people reference uh, you know, that interview on Twitter. It's like, hey, remember that person that you had on? So instead of just trying to remember exactly what she said, let's just have her on. So I had her scheduled for 2.30, but Mike Tyson was coming on at 2.45, so I had to move her around. So now she's coming up in a matter of minutes. She'll join the show at 2.15. She was going to be on for a little while and then have that little bit of a window and then have Mike Tyson, who's going to call in the show. But now he's not going to call on the show. So, you know, she has a little bit of extended time. (laughs) So at 2.15, Danielle McCartan from WFAN uh, in New York. She'll join the show and talk all things Patrick Graham defense. At 3.30, we continue to do uh, our previews of the next team up on the Raiders schedule. That is the Denver Broncos. Our good friend Zach Stevens from thednvr.com. He'll join us to talk about the Broncos season. Talk about Nathaniel Hackett. Talk about Russell Wilson and what he's got going on. Just everything Denver Broncos. I mean, we did one yesterday with Arnie Stapleton. He did a fantastic job. We'll talk with Zach Stevens, and then tomorrow we'll close things out as the Raiders prepare to head to Denver and play this Week 11 game. But uh, Zach Stevens will join us at 3.30, 4 o'clock every Tuesday and Thursday. We have Lincoln Kennedy from the Raiders Radio Network, of course a former Pro Bowl offensive lineman. He'll join the show. He's also a guy that's been a guest on the Raider Roundtable with JT and myself, and that's out on Raiders.com right now. Uh, there's also a Behind the Shields that is coming out, and I think it's coming out at some point today. I'm not sure when. I know the trailer's out, but – this is the I don't know if you saw the trailer, but remember like what a week ago when I came in here and said, man, I've been working hard today. I was I was doing some some work behind the scenes there at, uh, at, at Raiders HQ and you were like, well, what is it for? And I was like, I don't really know. But it's supposed to be really cool. Well, the trailer dropped last night, and it did look pretty cool. So that's going to be dropping as well on Raiders.com.
2: I also because I was out with my buddy Luis, who does the uh, game day media. Oh relations. yeah, 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 yes. Luis.
1: So uh, and he, he was d- asking me on Sunday if I was going to go to your after party that you were having on Sunday, and
2: yeah, n- uh, <laughs> well, nobody did. Um, <laughs> but. So he's just like, what's that thing Q's doing? And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. He's like, oh, it's on the Raiders. Oh, yeah. on the Instagram page. Let me show you. And then I said to him, I was like, that must be the thing because he was mentioning how he got to go into the TV room mm-hmm. to do some stuff. And he right. was yeah, he's like, he never been to the TV room never, before.
1: never. Man, I, I that was the that was new territory for me. Man, I walked in there and it's like you heard the. Oh uh, right! I mean, it's like this is next level. So I uh, saw the trailer last night. I thought it was really cool. It's called the second quarter. It's the behind the shield, but it's the second quarter. And what they're doing, what I do know that they're doing, is they're breaking the season up into four quarters. Obviously, so I got basically the the second quarter. So the Chiefs game, you know, the um, what game was after that? They had what the Texans. I mean, just they went into their bye week. I mean, so I got I got like games what four through eight or something like that. Anyway. That's uh, something that I'm going to be talking about. I know Eric Allen is on it as well, but I just thought it was really cool just to be a part of it. So that's going to be dropping at some point uh, later on today if it's not out already. So uh, anyway, Lincoln Kennedy will join us at 4 o'clock like he does every single Tuesday and Thursday at the same time. And then 4.30, Vinny Bonsignor, our tag team partner here on Raider Nation Radio 920s on the morning tailgate with Clay and Heidi. Do a fantastic job. Of course, he does his work with the RJ as well. He's at the the, uh, Raiders practice facility right now. He's going to be going into the uh, to the locker room. He'll probably send us some sound like he did yesterday. Send us Josh Jacobs, send us Denzel Perryman, uh, some really good stuff. So I'm expecting Vinny to probably send us some stuff when he gets into the locker room and talk to some more players. But we'll also have him on the show at 4:30 just to talk about what he's seeing, what he's hearing. So uh, a loaded show, as we always have for you. Danielle McCartan, WFAN, Zach Stevens from thednvr.com, Lincoln Kennedy, Vinny Bonsignor. We won't get into the opening drive just yet. We'll do that as soon as we grab uh, Danielle and put her on the on the show. But uh, a lot of good a lot of good stuff to get to on today's show. And I'll ask you this, Damon, before we really even get started, I got a show question that I want to bring to the table. Uh, but how are you feeling about this game? It's another game, right? And I know that, A lot of people will tell you the wins, losses, they don't matter, right? They're 2-7, and and that's fine. You can have that approach. But I know how I feel when the season's over, and I know that there's no next Sunday. I know that I feel like there's a void. There's a hole like, wait a minute, hold on, what's going on? So how are you feeling just going into this game, you know, with the Raiders having another opportunity to go out there on the field and compete?
2: That they've already beaten the Broncos once before. If I'm in that locker room, I'm feeling good about that. Hey, we've beaten them once this season. And being a part of Raider Nation Radio, I feel like not that I'm a part of the team, like I'm putting on pads or whatever. Right. right. But I'm looking at the season still. And you can call me what you want. I know everybody's like, hey, you guys lied to us. But I'm still looking at the season and <laughs> that's, d- only, that's only <laughs> Trey and Casey. <laughs> but until the, until you get the graphic, the you know, the ESPN they put up, you know, like the predictor They're eliminated. Mo- yeah, <laughs> model or whatever yeah. It says, hey, the Raiders are out of playoff contention. You got to look in every game and say, hey, you got to go and win. I don't care about the odds because, hey, just one game at a time. Even when it's zero zero, mm-hmm. teams are always saying one game at a time. So why is it two and seven? Does it is it any different? Hey, just taking one game at a time, you never know what's gonna happen. So that's how I'm looking at it. And being that it's the Denver Broncos, hey, we right. all know what's going on with Russell Wilson. Getting a little bit more insight, man. He's got his whole team at the facility. He's not listening to them. We've seen they've looked bad. They get wins.
1: Man. But they look bad getting those that wins. That could really be a bad situation for some years to come. Oh yeah. I mean, really, I I, I don't Disaster. wish I don't wish anything bad on anybody, but man, just hearing the way that they've really catered to him. If that, if that doesn't get cleaned up, whether it's with Nathaniel Hackett or another coach, it could get real bad and real sideways, quick, fast, and hurry. I mean, my man's got his own office. He's got his own, you know, chefs. He's got his, he's got his own a lot there. And if they're not all rocking with him on the same page, they can't just move on from him. They don't have this contract where it's like, well, you can get out, out of it after this year. They've got a quarter of a billion dollars mm-hmm. invested. And Russell Wilson. I mean that that could hamstring them for a long time if things don't go right. I'm not saying that they're gonna go bad. They they could turn things around. They could start turning things around this Sunday for all I know. But man, if things go bad and continue to go south, that can look real ugly. Look, the Raiders have won five in a row against the Broncos. Now that's nothing to beat their chest about and say, hey, you know that that means that they're gonna win on Sunday. But they have won five in a row.
2: All right, but here's something else about the Denver Broncos that Uh-oh. Raider fans should feel good about. The middle of the field, Russell Mil- Russell Wilson. He doesn't look at the middle of the field. He doesn't pass. He doesn't. He's not picking you apart in the middle of the field. And also, we know he's an athlete. He doesn't want to run the ball anymore either. So those are two aspects of the game that have hurt Ra- the Raiders from quarterbacks earlier this season. Mm-hmm. That you don't have to worry about those things from Russell Wilson. I'm not saying that he can't do them. He
1: just hasn't been doing them as a, as of late. Our good friend Tom hit us up already on the text line at six nine one eight seven keyword RNR. Hey Q. Yeah, defense, defense, defense. They spent so much draft capital, $340 million on players to defend or to build that defense up, right? Oh, oops, nope. That was the offense, and they're still below average. Hmm, that's from Tom. And you're not wrong, Tom, Uh, but I'm, like I said, when I started the whole thing, I'm a guy who focuses on defense. I'm not saying they focused in on the defense. I'm saying I like to focus in on the defense. I'm not saying anything about the offense not performing at the level they're supposed to. Like you said, they're still below average. That's fine. They did start out the season really hot. I mean, there was one point, if you're being honest with yourself, not with me because I know the truth. They were top 5 in offense at one point. Now they're not right now. Don't get me wrong. But they were top 5 in offense at one point. I thought, and this is my fault, but I thought when the season started, they were going to be able to outscore just about anybody and their defense was going to be able to step up and make plays when they had to to be able to, you know, solidify games. Obviously it hasn't worked out that way. But yeah, Tom, i love to focus in on the defense. I would love to see more additions to the defense. You mentioned on uh, yesterday's show that you'd like to see $340 million invested in defense. Guess what, Tom? I'm right there with you. I would love to see some lockdown corners. I'd see some ball hawking safeties, some edge rushers getting to the quarterback. That would be right up my alley. I'm not putting the team together. But I do appreciate defense, and defense is what we're about to talk about. Let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. And for the opening drive, we start off with our first guest of the day, and that's Danielle McCartan from WFAN, Coach McCartan on Twitter. And Coach, we do appreciate you. (laughs) Thanks for moving times for me, because you know I was going to have Iron Mike Tyson on right after you, and well, you know how it is working in radio, and you're supposed to get a person to call in, and then all of a sudden last minute they they cancel on you. Well, Mike Tyson canceled on me, but I wasn't going to move you around again, so I do appreciate you making some time. Oh,
0: that sucks. Hey, whatever. I'm, <laughs> I'm here. I'm home. It's
1: it's whatever. I'm good. Let's do it. Yeah, no doubt about it. He's supposed to call in next week, though, so we're good, right? <laughs>
0: yeah, we'll see. You know, I got stood up.
1: Oh, man. she's <laughs> She stood up. So- <laughs> she said, I got stood up and then all of a sudden hung up. That's funny. Maybe that was a little bit of get back right there. Well, we'll get get into it with Danielle as soon as we reconnect with her. Hopefully her phone didn't die. I will throw the question out there of the day, though. I like to throw a topic at you each and every day. And this might be difficult, especially coming off of three straight losses. This may be a very difficult question because even as I sat in my office in front of my computer, I thought, man, this is a tough one. Who is a player that you feel right now is flying under the radar this season for the Radars? Who is it? Who's flying under the radar? What player do you feel right now is kind of flying under the radar? Hit us up at six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. We'll get to those uh, responses in a minute. But Danielle joins us again on the phone lines, and oh my man, God. you oh, talked God. about standing people up, then you hung up on me.
0: <laughs> I know, I know. We were just talking about that. I was just about to say I got hung up. Like hung, I got a little bit of stood up on uh, Kyle Rudolph last Christmas mm. Eve. I mean, I was advertising it on like Rudolph Christmas Eve, the whole thing. And he never called. So I know the feeling. I'm so sorry for hanging up on you just now. Oops.
1: No, <laughs> My it's bad. All- hey, it happens. It happens. No worries. And, yeah, that's, that's the one fear I always have when it comes to people calling in. I always get concerned until I see that phone. Ringing, then I'm like, okay, yeah, they're really coming.
0: <laughs> so I know, I know, I get it.
1: Yep. So we know, we know how it is. Danielle McCarton joins us here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So let's get into this. Uh, Patrick Graham led defense. We had you on the show in the summertime when Patrick Graham was announced as defensive coordinator. I was pretty excited about it, but you had some takeaways where you're like, yeah, but there's some there's a few issues that uh, Patrick Graham has with his defense that you saw when he was with the Giants. What did you see as the biggest faults? What you know, what was your biggest concern when it came to a Patrick Graham-led defense?
3: Yeah,
0: um, so one, I have to say that I am so happy for the New York Giants that they do not have him as a defensive coordinator anymore. Week Martindale has worked wonders for this Giants defense, so I'm so glad Patrick Graham's out. I I feel bad for the Raiders that that they do have him, Um, but I think the biggest problem that that people around here had with a Patrick Graham-led defense, I mean, number one, is the amount of soft, coverage that that yeah. guy plays i mean yeah. it was maddening every single week i mean you had the personnel and all this, you're just sitting back and basically prevent defense allowing them to car carve you up and that was the most frustrating thing for people around here to watch the Giants' defense which had talent on it blake martinez the whole thing and, and patrick graham didn't really know how to how to tailor it to the players on the field it's kind of yeah. like his system and here's how he's doing it wherever he is it's not working
1: no, no. You know, it's funny. You mentioned that soft defense, that soft coverage. I mean, we see it each and every week, you know, here. And, and I keep wondering if it's because of the personnel or it's just because that's what he's running. So if that's a concern of, of yours and others there in New York, that's uh, for me moving forward. That's a big time concern. You know, you mentioned Blake Martinez. He was with the Raiders. He retired after the Jaguars game. He, he led the team in, in tackles with 11 and then he retired yep. a couple days later. How, how much of a key factor was he for that Giants defense when he was there?
0: I talked to Harry Carson about that when he got, uh, he was out for the season. I think it was an ACL, don't quote me on it, but he got hurt and he was out for the season for the Giants and the Giants defense just kind of like, it was, it was night and day difference with him in it and with him out, out of that lineup. And, and Harry Carson basically, and I asked Harry Carson, like what's going on with them? And he was like, when you have like a key spoke, you know, of, mm-hmm. of Blake Martinez going out, it's going to affect the defense. And Blake Martinez was a fantastic player. One of my favorite players on the Giants, um and I, it's unfortunate that he retired so soon honestly he was a great player
1: yeah, no, he was good. He was good. He was a tackling machine for the Raiders in, in the short time that he was with the the organization, and then up and retired. And you know, Coach McDaniel said that his body couldn't go anymore. And you know, I don't know mm-hmm. if it was a combination of that and a combination of losing and just not enjoying what he was doing, but uh, whatever the case was, he retired. So a couple things I noticed that Patrick Graham's defense did well the last couple mm-hmm. years when he was in New York was basically they got to the quarterback and they created turnovers. Is that something that at least that part of the the defense you were kind of used to seeing
0: um sure i mean but that's that you know that's that's just one piece of it i mean you've got i mean with the giants i mean i i, I even looked at just again i just updated the numbers on the 2022 raiders i mean They're 28th in the league in opponent yards per game. They're they're 21st, which is the bottom third of the league in in average time of offensive possession. Which means the defense cannot get off the field. They they allow the worst quarterback rating in the league, and it's not even close. Like then, who cares if they generate two, three, four, even four turnovers a game? It Doesn't matter. Right? Doesn't matter. Like. It's just, it's just, it's maddening, and I really feel really bad for the Raiders fans that have to sit and, and deal with this. I mean, the, the sooner they can they can part ways with him, I think the better.
1: Well, you know, and the thing about it is, they're not creating those turnovers, and they're not getting to the quarterback right now, and that's yep. something that I looked at what the Giants were doing, thinking, okay, well, maybe with this guy's in his scheme, that's what they, you know, that's what we could expect to see is turnovers no. and, and sacks, and and you know, again, yep. that happened in New York. Do you think that those turnovers and sacks happen more because of the the, p- the personnel that was there, the guys that were there just making plays, or is that part of the scheme as well?
0: You know, I think it's honestly, because it's not really happening in Vegas, I would, I would have to say it was part of the players. I mean, Dexter Lawrence was up there. Leonard Williams, I think, was playing for a contract at the time. So, it, it, no. And you know what? You look at the Giants this year, they, they are first in the league in blitz percentages, and they are getting after the quarterback. So, to, to say that it was all Patrick Graham's scheming of it, no, nah, at, that, at that point, and it's, and it's not happening in Las Vegas, at that point you have to tip your hat to the players and say, all right, they were the ones who made it happen, not the, not the defensive coordinator.
1: Danielle McCartan from WFAN is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness, you can find her on Twitter at Coach McCartan. My man DeMond's got one for you.
2: Yeah, a question I want to ask you about this Giants defense now with Wink Martindale in place. What's difference about this defense as from this year as opposed to last
0: year? Yeah, you know the personnel is not so different, right? And that's another thing. It, the personnel is not so much different than than it was just last year. The, the thing is, you know, coaching makes a humongous difference, and the Giants fans are seeing it on the offensive side of the ball as well. But I mean, coaching. Wink Martindale. He is utilizing, drafting. I look the, the Raiders didn't take a defensive player until the fourth round, 126 overall pick, a defensive tackle, Neil Farrell. So like the Giants they're picking Kayvon Thibodeau, this mm-hmm. guy's an edge rusher. I mean, it fits the scheme of the defense from the jump. So it's like, you got Wink Martindale, who is who, who has this system, who who with the Giants has uh, the players to fit that system, and, and will adjust it. I mean, the Giants, the secondary of the Giants is not great, but they're getting after the quarterback. at such a clip that it almost doesn't matter. I mean, bringing the heat on the quarterbacks, it just, it, it doesn't matter what the secondary is doing in, in a way. So, um, It's it's just refreshing. It's just an entirely different thing. With again, with personnel that is not so much different than it was last year. Dexter Lawrence, they're all still there, right? And it's a major difference in in, you know in in turnaround of of what's going on year to year.
1: Major. that's that's what I kind of felt was what the Raiders defense was trying to do this year. Is They didn't have the best secondary. They had question marks in the secondary, but the pass yeah. rush was supposed to get home. Max Crosby's done his job. Chandler Jones yep. has not done his job. He hasn't showed up to the party, so maybe that was the plan. Like, hey, you know what? I don't have to have the best DBs. I just have to have guys that can cover for a little while because the, the pass rush is going to get home. It just hasn't done that. Danielle, let me ask you about the middle of the, 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 the field, and this is not just exclusive to Patrick Graham and the defense that, that he's running mm-hmm. right now, but for For the longest, the Raiders have allowed that middle of the field to be wide open. Is that something that you saw on the regular as well uh, when you were watching what the Giants were doing?
0: Yeah, you know, the Giants for a long time, and and I guess dating back to even a little bit before Patrick Graham, they couldn't cover the tight end, which obviously the tight end lives in the middle of the field. But I I mean, I, I think I'd have to go back and look. But I think last year, if the Giants were not first in a league of touchdowns surrendered to a tight end, they were near the top. So, again, it's not surprising to me that there's a big old bubble, big old soft spot in the, in the middle of a, of a Raiders defense led by Patrick Graham. It doesn't surprise me.
2: And another thing about this new Giants defense with Martindale, what's the scheme like? Did they have to? Did they change out the type of concepts that they're running? I know that sometimes with defense it's just as simple as see ball, get ball, but did he implement a whole new system for that Giants defense?
0: With Martindale this year, this time around? Yes. Yeah, definitely. It's more of a, uh, you know, blitz happy. I mean, they lead the league in blitz. Like, they blitz, I think it's 43.8% of the time. Mm. So, yes, it, it's completely different. It's like you said before. It, it's get after the quarterback um, and, and then see what happens on the back end of it. But, yeah, it's completely different. And, and the Giants this year so far. And the other thing, too, I wanted to talk about is the fact that it's like, it doesn't surprise me when I looked it up that the Raiders are 28th in the league in points given up per game. Like, that doesn't surprise me in the least. You know what I mean? And when you look at I mean, their scoring offense, is actually not so bad. They're 14th in the league in scoring offense, but right. there's a differential of almost four points. You can't win games if your opponent continuously on a consistent basis outscores you.
1: Right. No, you're right. And that's something that I talked about quite a bit. I thought, OK, as long as, you know, they can get yards because, you know, the way that the league is set up now, there's going to be a lot of yards had no matter who you are. But as long as when, you know, they get to the red zone, they force a few field goals as opposed to, you know, touchdowns every time. And well, they've given up touchdowns every time and it sounds like it from from your tone that that's something that you were accustomed to as well as seeing a lot of teams scoring touchdowns in the red zone against Patrick Graham's defense.
0: Absolutely. And then you've got a quarterback, you know, a young quarterback, even a rookie quarterback at one point, uh, Daniel Jones. You know, the game is, is on his shoulders all of a sudden because the defense keeps – it's like a sieve. They, they, they can't stop giving up points and they can't stop moving the ball. And, and here he is sitting on the sideline for – you know, I mean, the Raiders, again, are, are – what are they, at 21st in the league in, in time of possession, offensive time of possession. So you've got a young quarterback sitting on the side who gets onto the field with the limited amount of minutes that he has to make something happen on the field without Saquon Barkley due to injury. And so, you know, it it made him look even worse, too. I mean, it's like it's complementary football, offense, defense, special teams. And and because the Giants defense was so bad, it made everything else that much more urgent. That's when mistakes would happen. That's when Daniel Jones was holding the ball too long, getting sacked, fumbled, strip sacking. It happens all the time. It hasn't happened so far this year. They're playing more comfortable football, albeit more of a ground-and-pound kind of game. Yeah. But um, it's just, its just um, again, I'll say it it's just night and day from Patrick Graham to Wink Martindale from year to year. Again, essentially with the same personnel. I know Kayvon Thibodeau is a big thing, but essentially same personnel.
1: Danielle McCartan is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. We're talking all things defense right here. and So, as far as uh, the players, did you ever hear that they felt like the defense was too complex and too complicated for them?
0: No, because when you no, I never heard that. Um, Because when you look at the guys that were on the team, I mean, you had Logan Ryan in the center of that field. I mean, talk about complex defenses. He was on a Super Bowl winning, I think two times Super Bowl winning Bill Belichick defense. Mm -hmm. So that's the most complex you hear. I heard Zach Wilson talking about that just the other day, that, you know, Bill Belichick defense will present one way on film. And then in the game, you know, you're seeing something that you've never seen on film before, no matter how much film you study. So um, as far as the Giants defense being so complex, I I don't think so. Uh, No, I don't think so.
2: Something that I want to ask about that Giants team overall is having a first year head coach there and having yeah. some success. When it came when he first came in for the offseason and now leading into the season, were there any big talks about the system that he's going to have to put in place and what do, what do you think has led to the success of being a seamless transition with the first year and a first time head coach?
0: Yeah, I mean, when the talks, you know, I'm on Sports Talk Radio in New York and people are throwing names left and right. This guy should be the coach. This guy, bring this guy Harbaugh, whatever. From the beginning, I wanted the combination of Brian Dayball and Joe Shane because of the, they laid the blueprint in Buffalo. You know, not that they made Josh Allen, but they, they did it, such a fantastic job with Josh Allen and drafting around him and bringing the pieces in around him that it was like no, it was like no way that the both of these guys want to come together to coach and, and be the GM of the New York Giants. There's just no way. So when it did happen, I mean, they were first on both my lists. GM, it was like them or nothing. It was like them or bust, you know? <laughs> so when, when Bayball comes in and he let Patrick Graham go um, and he brought in his own guys and, and I was just watching something as I was waiting for you guys to call well, it was the first time <laughs> before I hung up on that. Uh, I was just watching something and I put it in my own notes for my show this weekend that I was watching, um, Daniel Jones was mic'd up before last weekend's game and he, there was two instances, one before the game, they both hugged each other, Dayball and Jones. And they both said, I love you. Love you, coach. Love you, Dan. So they, they, they have this built-in relationship right then and there. Okay. The trusted between the two of them is fantastic. And then there was a play call, whatever happened. I don't know because it didn't show the play, but they, Brian, Brian Dayball goes up to Daniel Jones on the sideline. And he's like, dude, this is going to be a play call. You know, that was a play call. But if you see something over the top, do it. So I'm going to use that sound on my show this weekend. And it just shows, the growth and the trust and the Brian De- The Giants finally got a, got a head coaching uh, selection right, and he's going to be the coach for the Giants for a long time. But that all hinges on the, the play of the quarterback. Because if you look at the Giants wide receivers, the most targeted player on the Giants is Saquon Barkley, the running back. There are no wide receivers, and they're still seven and two. Mm. So there you go. You know what I'm saying?
1: I do. <laughs> all right. So something I would we'll love in. for the Raiders to be seven <laughs> and two right now. <laughs> I know. I know.
0: You mentioned uh, Daniel
2: Jones being mic'd up. Is Vanilla Vic going to take over Danny Dimes as the nickname?
1: Oh no! no.
2: You
0: know, I just saw that too. You know, he doesn't really like the Danny Dimes nickname, is what I know. But uh, maybe Vanilla Vic. In the clip clip you're talking about is Saquon Barkley saying, "If I go for a big play, I expect to see you, Vanilla Vic, down uh, down the sideline uh, in celebration." Of course, Um, you know, Easy E, Easy Eli. I mean, they drafted. I mean, they, they drafted his his clone. In Daniel Jones, so who cares? Boring, vanilla Vic. I don't care. As long as he's scoring, Vic. I don't.
1: I don't care. <laughs> I mean, look, they're winning. They're winning right now, right? They're seven and two under Brian Dayball, Wink Martindale. Yep. Obviously, they're doing some good things there in New York. Final question for you. I mean, how much fun has it been, right? How much fun has it been to be able to cover the team and they're they're playing the way that they are, and even uh, you know Daniel Jones, as many questions as they have around him, he didn't get his fifth year option picked up, but still sitting there at seven and two. I mean, how, how has it been for you this season?
0: Oh, it's been, you know what, it's been so fun, and believe it or not, like, you, as you know, when the teams are losing, it makes your job, I mean, the teams, plural, Jets and Giants, were losing right. for the long, as long as I've been on the radio here in New York, and all of a sudden it's turned around, and there's positive conversations, and we can go beyond talking about, you know, the, the drama on the day-to-day, and, and really talk about the X's and O's of the game, and, and believe it or not, and I've been a Daniel Jones fan from day one. I mean, think about the prototypical quarterback that, that you would draft in the NFL. Smart? Okay, well, he's got that. He's got a Duke education. Okay. Uh, does he have a big arm? Yeah, Daniel Jones leads the league in passes above 20 yards to the left side of the field. And he's above average on the right side of the field. Okay, okay so big arm, check. Does he have the ability to, to be mobile? Okay, check. So all of these th- for all of these reasons, he is the guy. You know, there's no question in my mind, but you would think that people, you know, would embrace that. I'm going to, people are still arguing with me on Twitter that Daniel Jones is not the guy. Okay, so you're going to bring a rookie quarterback in here now after, after this? Come
1: on. <laughs> well, it ought to be interesting. I mean, it really should because I, I don't think everyone's 100% sold. But uh, you bring up a great argument right there for one Daniel Jones. And, again, the Giants are seeing success. The Jets are seeing success. And uh, we're yeah. waiting for the day here that the Raiders are seeing that same success because you're right. Whenever a team is winning, whoever it is you're covering, whenever they're winning, it's a whole lot of fun <laughs> on, yeah. on, on the radio and, and in, in person and all that good stuff. So uh, Yeah, there you- and,
0: and, 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 and by the way, the Devils are on a 10-game win streak. Last I checked, the Rangers are all right. The Islanders are good. Yankees and Mets both made the postseason. I mean, it's been it's been it's been a lot more fun than it has been uh,
1: in, in the recent years. Hey, well, we got the Golden Knights. The Golden Knights are riding. They're rocking, That's right? The Aces won the championship. That's you know what I mean, UNLV I know. beat Dayton. I mean, you know, what <laughs> mean? <laughs> I
0: know. you know, I had money on the Aces before the season even started to win nice. the championship because I knew they were going to be so close. I knew it.
1: Nice, nice. Well, there you go. See, I mean, we're all working together here, Danielle. We're working together, but uh, fantastic <laughs> stuff. Thanks for giving us a little bit of insight I just wanted to go ahead and rehash that conversation we had in the uh, in in the off season about uh, a Patrick Graham led defense. So, thanks for all your feedback. We do appreciate it. Uh, what do you got coming? out i know uh, you know do, you're doing all the wfan but what do you got coming out that we should be looking for
0: oh uh i'll be on saturday uh, eastern time of course saturday night to uh, 10 p.m to 2 a.m which is okay. good for you guys out there absolutely and I it is. news that i have a five hour show on thanksgiving day so you know that's going to be more of a national thing too of course the giants and cowboys play on thanksgiving night so um if anybody wants to tune in there what else do i have going on uh, i got a big bet on aaron judge to win a uh, al mvp tonight so I'll be glued to the conference call <laughs> about that, too. So Nice. Yeah, I got
1: everything going on. I Ready. ain't mad at you. And then you're joining us here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Danielle, thanks so much for your time. We appreciate you. Yeah, thanks
0: for having me on.
1: Thanks. Absolutely. There she goes, Danielle McCartan, WFAN. You can find her on Twitter at Coach McCartan and uh, does a great, great job there uh, in New York on the radio and everything she has. And she's uh, a deep diver when it comes to all the sports there in new york so again you know we've referenced her her conversation that we had in the summer after patrick graham got hired and there's a lot of you know holes that that we're talking about now middle of the middle of the field you know soft zone there's a lot of things that we talk about right now that she was seeing then so that is concerning no doubt about it for the raiders defense moving forward forward 234 is the time this is radio radio 920 That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers. Home of the Chevy Silverado. The strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Something as simple as, you know, just just trying to perfect your craft or something like that. So we're trying our best as leaders to, to do that and it's... It's, um, it's, it's a process, definitely, because, you know, grown men, it's not as easy. We, you got a, you know, a high school team, it's a little bit easier to get guys to buy in, but when people have done something a certain way for a certain time or, or whatever the, the, the case is, you know, it's, it's not always easy. So the quicker we, we get that, the better off we'll be. Obviously, we'll be on the same page and everybody will have the same goal, and that's, that's what we're after.
0: Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio.
1: Many thanks to Danielle McCartan from WFAN in New York. Join us in the last segment. Talked all things Raiders defense led by defense coordinator Patrick Graham, who was in New York the last couple of years. And I will be the first to go out there and say I was a guy that was excited about Patrick Graham getting the, the defensive coordinator job here in Las Vegas with the Raiders. Uh, he's a guy that's interviewed for many head coaching jobs and thought, man, this guy, if the Raiders are are, are lucky they'll keep him around a year or two, right? And then maybe someone else will take over because he'll get that head coaching job. But, you know, Danielle's basically let it be known that, hey, a lot of the issues that you're seeing in Las Vegas are the same issues I was seeing in New York with what he was doing, even though they did get to the quarterback more with sacks. They did create some turnover, something that the Raiders this year aren't doing. But uh, she wasn't a big fan of what Patrick Graham had going on. And, you know, I, I don't have any problem reaching out to folks that might not, you know, think that everything is rainbows and puppy dogs because, well, that's not how how life is. It's just not, right? And so it's okay to get other points of view. And Danielle, let it be known. And she said that the Giants are in a much better position now with Wink Martindale as their defensive coordinator with what they're able to do and pretty much the same personnel. So if you'd like to chime in, talking about the Raiders' defense under Patrick Graham and, you know, how concerned are you? You know, as far as I'm concerned... I'm concerned with what I've seen this year. And before that interview, I really felt, on and, and you can tell me how you feel, but before that interview, I really felt like some additions on defense will help in a, in a major way. Just some, some upgrades in personnel will really be able to show what Patrick Graham could do and, and how he could set that defense up. But it almost sounded like talking to her that she didn't even feel like an upgrade in personnel was going to help out that much
2: no because the the upgrading personnel that they would need to have it would be like building a program a culture shift not like getting guys on one-year deals this would be a long-haul effort that I don't think the Raiders have the time for
1: you you could be you could be onto something, but we'd like to hear from you at 69187 keyword Rr uh, uh, and also 702365 9200 the question that I actually came to the show with topic I always came I come with each and every day who is a player that is flying under the radar? This season for the silver and black and it's tough when you're coming off of three straight losses to think about someone who could be playing well and flying under the radar. But I know there's some players, you know, I, I've, I've thought of uh, Foster Morrow. I thought of him a few times, you know, I know he dropped a a, a big pass uh, in, in his last game against India in the end zone, a touchdown pass. I know it was defense as well by the Colts, but at the same time, a play that I thought that Foster could make. So I feel like he's kind of flying underneath the radar, but I, I know there's other players on the Raiders uh, roster that are kind of flying under the radar, even though, as I mentioned, the results are not what anybody wants. A couple quick texts, and then we'll get to the phone lines. Tom hit us back. Uh, He was talking about the offense and defense uh, before we had Danielle on, and I said that, hey, the Raiders' offense at one point in the season was top five. He said, top five, what? One quarter? Woo-hoo. Well, then – they bring a Devontae Adams type, use high draft picks on D, hand out three hundred and forty million in contracts, then I'll actually expect something from the defense. For now, all those additions on offense and 18 scoring first quarter, way to set the tone. 14 points score 203 with an offensive guru, nine year vet, Jacobs running Beastly, and Devontae freaking Adams, but defense has Max and Nate and Nada. Wink has been a top five defensive coordinator for a long time. Ravens let go of the wrong coordinator. That's from Tom. And Tom, I don't think we're I don't think we're arguing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I don't think you understand. I'm not trying to argue with you. I came into the show one to talk about the defense because I think the defense needs to make some plays. Do the, is the offense underperforming? Sure. I think we all agree on that. I think there's multiple reasons why the offense is underperforming. Uh, injury has something to do with it, but it's not everything. Sometimes the play calling is off or, or not in a rhythm, I like to say. I don't say it's off because I'm not the one calling the plays, but I'll say it's not in a smooth rhythm. Sometimes Derek Carr is off. Sometimes guys are running the wrong routes. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why the offense isn't holding up its end of the bargain to the level that we all thought, but I I don't think that even though I feel like you're trying to argue with me, I don't think we're really arguing. I think we're on the same page. If I'm understanding you correctly, you want to see the defense, you want to see a, a, a lot of money and draft capital invested into the defense. That's something that they didn't do. Yeah, they brought in Chandler Jones. But who else did they bring in? They brought in a bunch of guys on one-year and two-year deals. They brought a lot of Jags in, just the other guys. And I thought, and this is my fault. And again, it's funny when people try to argue with me when I'm not trying to argue with them. When I'm like, I agree with you. Hold on, he 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 added more. Okay, well hold on. Oh, I, I just I think it's funny when I thought that the defense was going to be good enough to make some plays, right? That, but if I'm wrong. Again, I say this every freaking day on the show. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I have no problem with that. But it's like you want to argue with me anyway, even though I'm I'm siding with you. You're not wrong. I'm saying I'm wrong. But the fight still comes. Doesn't have to be. It could just be a conversation. All right, go ahead.
2: Oh, Tom, he decided to text in. As long as it's not criticizing the offense, Vinny, Hondo, et cetera.
1: We're not I'm not Vinny or Hondo! <laughs> 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 yeah. And I say that in such and I say that laughing, I just say it loud. I, this is DeMond and Q. Like, people bring that to us all the time, too. This is this is a different, this is not this is not Vinny or Hondo. Hondo hasn't been on the air in how long? No disrespect, but I'm saying, like, when was the last time he was on the show? On any show?
2: Yeah, it's been a while, but, That's yeah. That's what I'm that saying. Is, like the, It's not that anyone's afraid to
1: criticize nobody, the offense. No, nobody should be afraid to criticize anything. You can criticize me. I'm fine with that. I'm comfortable in my own skin. But the argument of, well, Vinny said this, or Hondo said this, or Heidi said this, or Clay said this, is irrelevant. This is Damon and Q. If I said it, I'll own it. Just like I said, I thought they were a 10-win team or 11-win team. I own that. That's what I'm, That's my biggest point. There's nothing I haven't owned. If I'm wrong, guess what? I'm wrong. I, at one time in my life, thought I had a girl that I was going to ride with the rest of my life. Guess what? I was wrong. (laughs) Right? (laughs) I paid 18 years for it. Fine. I was wrong. I
2: can admit it. S happens. Also, I know people want to say, hey, well, why aren't you guys talking about the offense? And I know this isn't the entire offense, but a lot of injuries and all that good stuff. But he also mentioned Devontae Adams, eighth in the league in receptions six in receiving yards, and leading the league in touchdowns. So when it, when it comes to scoring the ball, that's right. what matters. Right. Putting six on the board, right. Devontae Adams, and he's doing his part. But I just don't know where that disconnect is for the rest of the, the reason,
1: team. I'll, I'll answer that question. The reason I don't bring up the offense all the time is because I feel like that that's low-hanging fruit. A lot of people talk about the offense because it always goes back to Derek Carr. Derek Carr, Derek Carr. Right? I think that there's three elements to the uh, uh, NFL team. You have offense, you have defense, and special teams. I think we've talked plenty about the offense. Right? I'm just not gonna harp on it every single day. It is what it is. Until the Raiders decide that they're ready to move to the next stage of their offensive game plan and their offensive life lifeline, then it is what it is. We have people call in all day long and be like, get rid of this guy, get rid of that guy. Okay. But until until they do, I mean, you know what it is. I know what to expect from the Raiders offense on Sunday. I do. I absolutely have no doubt what's gonna happen on the offense. Defensively, I don't know. And defensively is where a lot of people are saying, hey, you know, they're not getting it done defensively. So I like to, instead of just scatter shoot and feel like I'm just grabbing, grasping for straws, I like to be more focused. So if I take two or three days to talk about the defense, that's fine. Guess what? We have five shows a week, right? I just like to be focused for a while. That's all. That also goes into show planning, show prepping. I had a guy that told me if I was you, I wouldn't even go to work. I said, well, if you were me and you didn't go to work, then you'd be broke and you'd be out at your house. Do you go to your job? I go to mine. Again, it's just healthy conversation. It's not—it's nothing to be angry about. Nobody has to be angry. Nobody's happy about the the, the record that the team has. Nobody in that locker room is happy about the, the the record. But it just seems like whenever the team is brought up, no matter if it's on the tailgate, on JT's show, on this show, everyone just wants to fire at the same couple people. The offense, Derek Carr. The offense, Derek Carr. Joshua Daniels, Derek Carr. I mean, every conversation is Derek Carr, Derek Carr. Doesn't that get old? If it doesn't, tell me. If it doesn't, tell me. Please. Because there's people that will come in every single day and have the same conversation and say, Derek Carr is great, go. And let you call in for three hours and complain about a quarterback. I'm not going to do that. I'm trying to bring thought-provoking conversation. That's why we had Danielle on to start talking about Patrick Graham defense as we talked about it yesterday. I didn't want to just talk about it and not have anyone that would back me up on conversation, whether I'm wrong or right. That's the thing about it. That's part of the conversation. It's okay to disagree, but, I mean, what are we, you know, what are we doing? And for
2: people like Tom where it's say, hey, we knew that the defense wasn't going to be that good. This defense isn't going to be the 86 Bears, as the old cliche goes, when a defense is underperforming. But this is from Tashawn Reed's piece in The Athletic. They're 30th in pressures, last in sacks, and 29th in QB
1: hits. Let me ask anyone this. I'm glad you brought that up. Did anyone think that the Raiders' defense would look like that at this point? I didn't. I thought the addition of Chandler Jones. And look, there's a couple people, like Raider Richie in Arizona. There's a couple people, I believe Mailman Raider. There's a couple people, P.E. in North Carolina. There's a few people that were like, yeah, I don't know about that Chandler Jones edition. I don't know if it's going to work out the way that everyone thinks it's going to work out. I thought it had a a good chance to be really good. I knew that he's a veteran. I know he's been there, done that. I know he knows the scheme. He's worked with Patrick Graham. He's worked in New England. I mean, he's a guy that can help lead the locker room. I believed all that. And again, I believed that. I'm not forcing my conversation on you. I'm forcing your conversation. I'm not saying what you believed. I'm telling you what I believed. And sometimes I think that when you when when if I say that, like you can't believe like people don't understand that. Oh, man, he admitted that he's wrong and they don't know what to do. Right. It's just it's it's so funny. It's almost like getting pulled over and the cops like, you know, you're speeding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was. You're right. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> right. It's almost like they're shocked that I have no problem admitting if I'm wrong or not. Well, that's not going to get you out of the ticket. I'm not trying to get it. I'm trying, of the trying to get it. Hey, look, I had a cat yesterday at Allegiant, man. Didn't want to let me in the building. Oh, no. No, seriously. Didn't want to let me in the building. Was it yesterday? No, it was Tuesday. I'm sorry, Tuesday. Didn't want to let me in the building when I was, I was there. Didn't want to let me in. I didn't know that I, I, I had to have, you know, a, a, certain, a certain badge. I didn't have it. G-Level 6 classification. I didn't know I had to have it. So I gave him my ID, thought that would be good. He said, oh, you're not in the system. I said, okay. I made a phone call. Phone call didn't work. So I said, all right, look, it's like 1.40. Show starts at 2. Either I'm going to do the show here or I'm going to run back to the radio station and do the show. You tell me. And he got mad because he thought I was being a smart ass. I was like, no, I'm not. I'm just telling you, I have to be on the radio at two o'clock. So we've got to make a decision. Either I'm going to do the show from here, and you're going to tell me that I'm good to go, or you're going to tell me, no, take yourself to the radio station. Because something's got to give, and nobody's going to want to hear the answer of, oh, yeah, I'm late because, right? So obviously, since I was at Allegiant Stadium on Tuesday, someone came and got me, and it was no problem. But Dude was so angry at me, thought I was trying to throw him under the bus, thought I was trying to be disrespectful. And I was like, no, I'm just telling you, I just need a decision. (laughs) We just need a timely decision. So I feel like a lot of times when when you're actually just being 100% honest with people, they don't know how to take that. And that's the world I like to live in. I don't like to live in fantasy land or candy land. I just don't. Got a ton of text, 69187, keyword r Got a lot of phone calls as well, 702-365-9200. We'll take one quick one. Who we got?
3: Joe, right here in Vegas. Joe, what's on your mind, brother? Welcome to the show. Hey, Q, you are right on every day, dude. When I talk to other shows, that's the other shows. But on a lot of stuff you talk about, you are right on. I'm a season ticket holder. I go to all my games and stuff. I was trying to get on on Monday, but then work called. And I had to go take care of that, and plus my voice because I was yelling so much at the game. When I believe in Josh McDaniels, when he announced that Patrick Graham was going to be the defensive coordinator, I was like, "You got to be out of your mind." I'm a lifelong Giant fan, got Giant tattoos on me and <sighs> stuff like that. He, he stinks. He's a good dude, man, but he, his his it, it was the same thing with the Giants. Giants could not tackle last year. For two years, the Giants couldn't tackle. The Raiders can't tackle. They swat at the ball. What they teach these guys how to tackle first, and then maybe try to teach them how to swat the ball out. Mm-hmm. But they're trying to get get turnovers when the guy is, they're trying to swat out a guy who's got 20 more yards downfield. They don't tackle. They look lost out there. They're running around in circles. The guys come off that he shows no emotions on the side. At least twice, my seats are on the Raiders', si- are on the Raiders side. I watched, I watched the coaches, you know? He just, like, stands there. There's no... Josh went up to him and got in his grill twice. You know what I mean? And then he went over to the bench. But he doesn't get up. To, why can't they bring Rob Ryan down, put him up in a booth? Maybe Rob can get these guys excited a little bit. Denzel Perryman shouldn't be running around trying to get the guys uh, psyched up to play. It's like they're flat all the time. And he doesn't have the horses, so you just can't blame on him. But he's... He's not a good defensive coordinator. Look at the Giants, like what the last caller said. Every game, I, I listen to every Giant game on the way in. Okay? I got the earbud in my ear. I listen to him on the radio and stuff. And then when I get in for the Raider game, I, now I've got a question for you guys, and maybe you guys can help me out with this. Then I put my transistor radio on. I turn on 920. Some games I get to listen to the whole play by play. I love listening to the live play by play when I'm sitting in my seat. But the last couple weeks, you lose it. It's like there's not enough frequency going out. And a Christian station comes on, and Mm. then it's like I'm done for the rest of the game. Is there a reason why that the the radio station doesn't come in good inside the stadium?
1: That's an interesting question. I'm not too sure, and the only thing I can think of, but I'll definitely look into it. Thank you so much for your call. I do appreciate it. Um, I'll look into it uh, because that's our job around here to make sure that we're all good to go and everyone's able to hear I might think maybe it's because of the time change and everything and and that the sun goes down and all that good stuff because it is the AM, so you know as it gets later, uh, you know, you lose bandwidth and everything. I don't know. I didn't know that that was happening. That's a really good observation. I'm glad you brought that to the table because I will definitely look into it immediately because that is something. I know my man Fabian reaches out every once in a while when something's not right and something's not you know coming through correctly. I appreciate that. Again, feedback is great, whether it's good, bad, or ugly. It doesn't matter. I love all the feedback because that's how we continue to improve things around here. So thank you so much for that. And, and look, I mean, again. I'm a big believer, or I was a big believer in Patrick Graham. What I've seen this year has been disappointing, as every Raider fan feels like it's been disappointing from what they've seen from the defense. And that's why we're talking about it. How do you go about improving it? I've said multiple times and we'll take a break, and we'll get to your calls on the other side. We don't have another uh, guest until 3.30. Vinny Bonsignor did send us some Darren Waller audio, so we'll try to get that on as well. But we don't have a guest on until 3.30. So hold on if you're on the phone lines. But, um, yeah, it's just it's interesting as far as the defense, I think that they need to go and spend a lot of draft capital and a lot of money, like Tom was saying, to the defensive side of things. But if it's not going to improve, you know what I mean? Like, is is that going to be the answer? Is that going to be the cure? Is getting better personnel, or is it going to be the guy calling the shots? Is it a combination of both? You know, after talking to Danielle and hearing what she had to say, it makes you wonder. Two fifty-seven is the time. This is Radio Nation Radio nine twenty.